Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story about a crazy ex. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is revenge against an awful ex. I never thought I would want to share this story again, but my best friend and I have been reminiscing about our past mistakes lately, and this was one of the things we laughed loudest over. It was the worst thing to happen, and I was really heartbroken at the time. But it's now been over 10 years since it happened, and I think I'm ready to finally talk about it. When I was in my early 20s, I think 24 or thereabout, I met this guy, let's call him D. Because although he had a really big you-know-what, he turned out to be a huge D-bag. Anyway, D and I met on a holiday cruise that my friends and I go to every year as part of our little way to stay reunited since leaving college. It was the peak of summer, and the cruise was in Italy, so I was always in bikinis and tiny clothes. His father owned the boat and the guest house that my friends and I were staying in, so we got really cozy really fast. I discovered that his grandparents were filthy rich, which made him rich by default. He was the hottest man I'd laid my eyes on, with a tan, always shirtless body, straight white teeth, and the perfect smile. My friends and I ogled him all the time as did some other fields, but he took interest in me first, which made me very happy. Although I wasn't ugly, I also wasn't exactly the most good-looking girl in my friend group, so it came to me as a surprise. I had dated a lot, but Dee was the sweetest person by far. He said all the right things, took me on the most romantic dates, and to visit all the places that tourists missed out on, and he spent a lot of money on me. I was a gal from a low-slash-average-income home, and I usually dated people from the same financial circle, so most of our dates were pretty low income. But this man had more money than he or his family knew what to do with, so he bought anything I wanted as soon as I indicated any sort of interest in it. It was a little strange at first, as I was used to doing things myself, but the more I complained, the more he showered me in gifts. He did it until I finally shut up and agreed to be spoiled by him. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, and by the end of summer, we were already saying I love yous, and I even met with his parents for dinner a few nights. They loved me, and his mother even gave me a gorgeous necklace that I still have to this day. It felt like we were meant to be, and I was so sure that I'd found the one. His money was only an added advantage to the fact that he was sweet, smart, and incredibly well-mannered. Unfortunately, summer was over before I knew it, and I had to go back to my real life in the US. I was so devastated because I wanted our summer relationship to last forever, and I wasn't ready to leave him. On my last night in Italy, he took me out for a candlelit dinner, and we went on a romantic walk along a bridge. At the end of things, he gave me a promise ring. It was the sweetest thing, and I felt like I was being proposed to. Somehow, we talked about making it work, despite the distance, and I was beyond thrilled. I wasn't ready to end things with him yet. The entire time that we dated virtually, it was filled with phone calls, online you-know-what, 
and he wired me money and surprised me with gifts pretty randomly. I had the good sense to save most of the money, thank God. Nearly three months into our relationship, I got a call from D that he was on his way to the USA to see me. Naturally, I was elated, and I found him a really good hotel to stay in for the two weeks that he would be around. I was so on edge that all my friends and coworkers noticed that I was expecting something. My best friend and I had worked at an animal shelter together at the time, and she constantly asked me why I was so happy. I'd been keeping my long-distance relationship under wraps from everyone, and I wasn't ready to tell her, so I lied and said that I was just in a much better mood lately. I was counting down the days on my calendar with fervent anticipation, hoping and praying that nothing would happen to disrupt my boyfriend and I's plans. I don't know why, but for some reason, I felt like I needed to keep him a secret from everyone. I spoke in hushed tones, cooped up in one corner of my room whenever I spoke to him. Eventually, my super handsome, super rich boyfriend made his way to my hometown, and I took a few days off of work just to stay with him. All we did at the hotel was eat, have lots of fun, and sleep in. The perfect little mini staycation. We also had a lot of conversations about our future separately, but I could see him in mine. He studied law at a prestigious Italian university and planned to get a master's degree before he would begin practicing. I studied to be a veterinary doctor at the local community college, but I also did have plans to further my education. It felt like we aligned in all of the right ways. We talked about children, and it turned out he wanted as many children as I did. And it all seemed so perfect, him and I, that I started to dream of a future together, marriage and all. Trouble in paradise began when Dee decided that he wanted to meet my family. A little backstory on my family. I'm an only child, and my parents had me pretty young. My dad became a trucker to support, and he'd been doing the job for a good chunk of years. Mom learned to cut hair and had been doing the neighborhood's hair for years while taking care of me. It was a pretty good family dynamic, and I loved and adored my parents, as they did me. But there was one major problem. My mother was a very slim woman, yet well-endowed, and she took advantage of it by wearing as little as she could manage. I want you to take a moment to imagine a 47-year-old woman wearing hoochie shorts that her butt hung out of and a teeny tiny crop top. That was my mother. My dad loved it when she dressed like that because it supposedly made him feel young, but it embarrassed me immensely right from my school days. She never paid any attention to me, and sometimes she called me jealous. I tried to talk him out of it, telling him that my family was strict, my mother hated men, and my father had a gun. I felt like the more I tried to dissuade him, the more he was determined that he could make my parents love him. In the end, I just came clean that I was not exactly ready for him to meet my parents, and he blew up on me. He talked about how I'd met his parents before we even became an item. I tried to explain that we were not from the same kind of background, but he wasn't very understanding and walked out on me. We made up eventually, but he did not stop insisting on meeting my family. Caught up in a post-reunion bliss, I agreed to set a date with my parents within the rest of the week that he would be around. I was a bundle of nerves as I sat my parents down to speak to them about setting the date. My father was pretty jolly, but my mother made a complete fuss, even refusing to eat dinner. I spent the rest of the night convincing her that I was still her little baby girl. For context, I was 24 years old at the time and living about two hours away from them. My father also had to promise her a new bag so that she would stop whining, but eventually she did. Fast forward to the night of the date, 
I had on a gorgeous new dress that he'd gotten me, a new pair of high heels, and the necklace his mother had gifted me. He wore a suit and picked me up in a rented limo, and I felt like prom all over again. We arrived at my house and Dee dove right in, showering my parents in compliments, an expensive bottle of wine, and a bracelet for my mother. As usual, mother was dressed in one of her hoochie dresses, and I noticed that she paid a lot of attention to him. A stark contrast to the screaming and crying mother that I'd spoken to about him barely a week before. I didn't mind it because I was just happy that my family and my boyfriend were getting along well. So well, in fact, that my mother insisted that he slept over at our place for the night. The next day, I woke up to my father back to work and my mother cooking my boyfriend breakfast in an almost see-through negligee. I ignored it because that was who she was. I should have realized that something was wrong when my lovely boyfriend decided on a whim to get a place permanently in the US, and even more when my mother offered him the guest room to sleep in until he was able to get his own place. But I was honestly just happy that our relationship wasn't going to be long distance anymore. Over the next couple of weeks, we lost a few co-workers at the vets and I had to pick up a few extra shifts at work. I assumed that it would also give D time to figure out his moving situation, although it started to feel like we hardly spoke or saw each other anymore. I missed them a lot and decided to drop by my family's home one day, but it seemed eerily empty, even though the doors weren't locked. I walked into the house and heard a familiar sort of grunting from my parents' bedroom. My initial thought was it was the parents just trying to spice things up because they did that a lot when I was in high school, and I walked in on them just about any and everywhere. But then, the unmistakable Italian accent that my supposed boyfriend had echoed through the hallway and into my ears, shocking me. Blindly angry, I stormed in and found my mother on top of D, going at it so earnestly like she'd found some sort of magic that she couldn't get enough of. I was livid with anger and I screamed bloody murder, watching them as they scrambled off of each other, struggling to cover themselves up. It took so many weeks of begging, a ton of gifts and money from both guilty parties, and numerous promises for me to begin talking to my mother and Dee again. I promised to keep their secret safe from my dad, if they only swore to stay away from each other. If you guessed that they didn't, you would be very correct. I don't know what it is that he saw in my mother, or why my mother decided to treat my father terribly, but I knew that I couldn't let it slide. I continued to act oblivious to their continuous affair, while leaving a small camcorder hidden inside an empty cupboard that faced the bed that they committed their atrocities on. When they weren't around, I would sneak in, change the batteries, and put the camera back. By the day of my parents' 25th marriage anniversary, I had compiled an entire short film, and I made sure to drink a lot too. Just after my congratulatory speech to my parents, I handed it to the DJ in the corner and took my seat, grinning with a satisfaction as the wanton sounds of my brother and boyfriend hooking up filled the entire room. I walked away from the venue teary-eyed, but feeling very accomplished by what I chose to do. It took quite the toll on me mentally, but with time I was able to move away from it and get into another relationship and even get married. My parents' relationship was never the same. Although they never got a divorce, my father didn't sleep in the same bed as my mother ever again. My mother and I also don't speak to each other anymore, but I don't regret a thing. I think that she deserved what she got completely.
Do you guys think it's just overall creepy for OP to go and put the camcorder in the room and record it? Or considering how heartbreaking it is, do you not really blame them for doing that and exposing them the way they did? Is this just too far? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is struggling with both my food and my ex. As a child, I always loved shiny things. I enjoyed being praised and thanked and just noticed for every little thing I did, whether it was worthy of attention or not. Being the only girl and the last child among four kids made sure that I got whatever it was that I wanted. My parents had my brothers when they were in their 20s, and then I was a happy little mistake that came along when they turned 40. So they all treated me like the little princess that I was and gave me absolutely everything I asked for. As a kid, one of the other things I really, really loved was food. I was a rabid little thing, always looking for the next thing to eat. And nobody had it in their hearts to stop me from doing what I wanted. Instead, they would back and reward me with more snacks and candy. I mean, who could refuse me, an oversized and very adorable child, from doing what I wanted? It was a plus that I was pretty good most of the time and rarely gave any trouble, except of course when I was hungry and left unattended near the kitchen. Not that I intend to blame anyone, but now that I think back, maybe somebody should have supervised my eating when I started to get older. I understand that everybody was already pretty grown up, and the easiest way to stop me from getting in their way was to let me eat until I was in a food coma, but still there should have been some sort of rule concerning my eating seeing as I was a round ball of human that only kept getting rounder. I couldn't blame them though, my parents were first generation Russian immigrants, and as a Russian, being very chubby was the utmost sign of a very healthy child. I went through preschool and elementary school pretty normally, as a lot of my classmates at that time were just as chubby as me with baby fat, so I didn't stand out too much from everyone else. By the time I was transitioning into middle school, Puberty had started for most kids my age, and they were growing into their taller, prettier, and more gangly selves. There were many emotions flying about, and a lot of friendship groups had also started to turn more permanent. But I found myself alone more often. Being younger than most of my mates by two years made me a little isolated, and since puberty hadn't hit for me, I didn't have a lot in common with my classmates anymore. It wouldn't have bothered me too much if my brothers were still loving and doting over me, but they were all done with college and had started to move on to their personal lives, leaving me alone with my pretty old and extremely busy parents. My oldest brother was already married, the brother right behind him, although he still lived at home, worked a lot and was soon to be married, while the brother that was directly older than me just moved to New York to pursue a career. I was lonely at home and my social life was also in shambles pretty much non-existent. It seemed like there was just one thing that could make me feel better, which was food. With barely anyone around to cook for me, I dug out my parents' cookbooks and began to learn to cook for myself, and by age 13, I was the one who made dinner for myself and my parents. At that age, I was already a freshman in high school, and I was also a loner. All of my friends were teachers who were pretty impressed by my academic record, but they were also adults with lives and responsibilities. Whatever relationships we had ended right after school, so it barely solved my loneliness issue. With no friends my age and no invites to any social activities outside school, I had no option but to get very good at my studies. I thought it would help me to make some friends if I joined clubs and engaged in school activities once in a while, but it didn't work. 
I was just the fat girl who showed off so much that she became the teacher's pet. The sadder I was, the more I turned to food, and by the time I was a junior in high school, I was a size 14. My parents only saw their beautiful and smart little girl, and no matter how busy they got, they never failed to let me know that. But I was too caught up in my own little head that I refused to acknowledge it or believe anything that they said. Even my brothers who lived far away had started to notice that I was no longer the happy little girl they knew. They called me a lot and had me visit during weekends and short holidays, but it wasn't enough to make me feel less depressed. With all my free time, I had the opportunity to volunteer at different clubs in school. My favorite was the journalism club because I had to use my brains more than any other body, which worked perfectly for me. Once I started to get properly acquainted, I found that I made friends a little easier. Most of the kids there were just as shy as me and soon we found that we had a lot in common. Before long, I went from having no friends to having four people that could relate to my pains and didn't make me feel like my body was a hindrance to them. They carried me along and I found myself being happy in their presence. One of them in particular was the boy that would later break my heart into a million tiny pieces. My ex. He was a charming boy with nice blonde hair, a pretty fit body, and a nice sense of style. I fell really quick, but I couldn't let it show because he was so much cooler, played soccer, and just so much more popular than me. I didn't think of it as anything when he asked me to hang out alone in the bleachers or when he brought me food. I mean, he was the president of the club, and maybe he did the same thing for others. I hid my feelings until he asked me to come to a soccer game, had a jersey with his name printed on the back personalized for me, and then kissed me after his team won the game. If that didn't scream, we're officially dating, then I don't know what else could. I was so smitten with my new relationship, but even more, I was obsessed with the new friends that I had. So obsessed that I didn't notice that they seemed fake and fickle despite how obvious it was. They always smiled at me, had their cameras out to film me, and laughed extra hard when I said or did anything. I thought it to be regular friend things. After all, I'd never had friends before, so I adjusted. I started to do whatever my ex wanted sending risque photos despite being really self-conscious about myself, waking up super early to go jogging, and even eating a few times less than I usually did. He praised me for losing weight and that felt good, so I attached myself to it, completely disconnecting myself from my family. By senior year, I'd been with my ex for 11 months, dropped to a size 10, developed bulimia and a terrible binge eating habit and even more severe self-esteem issues. On prom night, my ex-boyfriend and his friends gathered on stage and killed a huge part of me with their behaviors. They had compiled all the videos they had taken of me over the past couple of months, all the intimate pictures I'd sent to him, and even my childhood pictures from my parents' Facebook and played it for the entire school to see. After which he called me every insulting name imaginable and told me how terrible it had been prank dating me. He had a sneer on his face that was ingrained in my head for a while and I was horrified. I couldn't believe my luck and I walked all the way home teary eyed but numb. My parents found out about it but I begged them to let it go. High school was already over and there was no need to make a fuss over something that couldn't be changed. Right after my graduation, I went to New York for uni, and I was set to stay with my older brother. 
He was pretty loaded by that time, so life was good for me. He put me up for therapy and I started working out, but for myself this time, not just to lose weight. I studied journalism and my brother was a big shot in the New York tech space, so getting a job wasn't hard at all. Along the line, I met a man who said he was a model scout and told me I would make a lovely model. Because of my tainted body image, I turned him down politely. We still spoke for a while before he admitted to liking me and asking me out on a date. Now, it had been a little over four years since I'd graduated high school, but I still had dating PTSD. I was hesitant, but the man was unrelenting and very sweet. He was also rich and showered me with gifts and affection until I fell for him as well. It was so different from my initial relationship, and I was really happy. There was an age gap of about 24 years, so he was nearly in his 50s, but he was a silver fox with a lot of hair and a very fit body, so he looked a little younger. I enjoyed my time with him, and we had already begun to say I love you to each other by the third month of dating. Despite his age, my family also thought him to be lovely, so we had their approval. I knew that he had an adult son who lived with his ex-wife and had been divorced since his son was three. He had never remarried since. One weekend, we were set to go to his place in the Hamptons, but the weather was so bad that we decided to make it a staycation at his loft in New York. It was the first time I was at his place for longer than just staying the night, but I loved it. Bubble baths, hanging out, and he even cooked for me. We also shared some stories and I told him about my high school experience. He was loving, understanding, and apologized on behalf of the jerk, promising me that he would never do something like that. The next morning, he proposed to me, telling me that it was the reason we were to go to the Hamptons, but the weather ruined his plans. I was so happy that I started to cry, but I said yes, and we informed my family. I started to stay at his house more often, and one day, while I was snooping around, I found a picture of a face that made a lot of buried emotions resurface. I asked my fiancé, and he said that the person in the photo was his son. My ex was my fiancé's son. It hit me like a ton of bricks, because how could such a perfect man birth such a spawn of Satan? I was sad for a while, but then I jumped at the opportunity of revenge to make my ex pay. I started to talk about planning our wedding, and my fiancé was more than happy to get right into it with me. There was no elaborate engagement party or anything because we jumped straight to the rehearsal dinner when our families would meet for the first time. It was the most entertaining night of my life, watching my ex trying to figure out if he'd just been seeing things, or if I really was the one. He ogled at me the entire night, and when he could spare a second, he pulled me aside to demand that I stop seeing his father immediately. I let him rant until he was red in the face before putting him in his place. I wasn't upset or anything, just amused at the fact that he had the audacity to even speak to me after all that he and his friends put me through in high school. My fiancé confronted me after the dinner, and I let him know that his son was the jerk who broke my heart and ruined my reputation. He was understanding, very livid, and even agreed with me to help in my plan for revenge. We had the wedding at my fiancé's house in the Hamptons, a lovely and elegant wedding where my brother's girlfriend was my maid of honor and my ex was his father's best man. My family knew our story and it was hilarious to watch them scowl at my ex. 
making him visibly uncomfortable all through his father's wedding. Besides that, it went very well, and we had our honeymoon in Bali for three entire months. When we got back, we got news that my ex's mother had kicked him out due to some bad behavior, and he was pretty down on his luck. His father agreed to house him for six months while he tried to pick himself back up. I could tell that he was very uncomfortable seeing his father and I together, but he had to get used to it because I was here to stay. I fell pregnant barely six months into our marriage, and my now husband was so excited that he forbade me from doing a lot of things until the baby was born. Because he still had to work, he made sure that my ex was at my beck and call, letting him know that it was either that or he would have to leave the house and find himself somewhere else to stay by. Nothing feels sweeter than revenge, especially if it's the kind of revenge where you can see the person's face. I know that my ex will feel weird for as long as he lives, and he also won't be able to talk about our situation to anyone, because how will he explain to the rest of the world that his father got married to his ex-girlfriend, who he treated like absolute crap in high school? It's a bit of a weird situation to be in, but one that is well-deserved. Honestly, I think the main thing that impresses me here is OP, despite how weird that situation is, never really seemed too bothered by the realization. Like, I feel like for a lot of people, finding this out would make them just full-on drop that relationship. For OP, though, it was the total opposite. It was like, let's turn this thing up to 11, let's go turbo. I just hope it reminds the son how much of a jerk they were back then, and every time they gotta help out OP, they think back to how much of a jerk they were, and they gotta think about where their life ended up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was crazier than both of the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.